0: coming into retreat situation, settling in, experience uh, degrees of disorientation, Mm. unfamiliar routines, unfamiliar place, unfamiliar people, Uh, restrictions where before it was unrestricted. Mm. It's Sort of resetting our form, form which we didn't really even know we had, was conscious of because it just was there. Now we're disrupting that form and moving into another form. There is a A reason for this, not just to be cantankerous or make life difficult, it's to to provide access to a more secure foundation than the form, the normal form, provides. Normal form is very much uh, that which has been arose out of adaptation to society in general. Not people, uh, but society, you know, yeah, people are obviously part of that individuals, uh, but very often it's a whole kind of corporate, uh, collective mm. mythology, or movement, or meaning. Mm. And uh, mm. so, by and large, societies, are uh, the way they're established around um, holding, mm. uh, gaining, mm acquiring and defending property, possessions. Binds us together around uh, possessions, around territory, around identity. We're this, we're not that. We can get our stuff. and So this is held to provide one with a sense of satisfaction. One is replete with what the earth or uh, the air or environment offers us, we're replete with that and we're also protected from the privations of creatures, animals, other humans and the weather and so forth seem quite a reasonable set of circumstances. So provide us with a feeling both of security and comfort. And so we naturally orient around that, that's the model. And but as you contemplate that model you begin to realize there's quite a lot of stress in it. And the degree to which that's happened to you or not, you can know for yourself. But if you contemplate in general the process of society, you know, the stress involved is the, these messages of consuming become not just, uh, What one needs, but in fact one is entitled to, and consuming, and the ability to consume a lot, um, is considered um, admirable or desirable. So we have situations of vast inequality: Um, tiny percentage of people absorbing major percentage of resources. So a vast degree of inequality, and then frustration because everybody's getting the same message. We all need one of these, and so, you know, 50, 60, 70, 80% aren't getting it. And so there's the frustration and the irritation and resentment. And then there's a certain sense then this builds in a lot of more defences to hold on against those other beings. Mm-hmm. more or less wipe out the animals so they don't bother us too much anymore It's <laughs> just other human beings <clears throat> and you can recognize the amount of uh, uh, protectiveness or defense also quite stressful policing laws uh, uh, armies and so forth <coughs> Building up a sense of uh, fear, uh, intention. Now these, then these social effects, kind of percolate into our mindset. They become reference points for our mindset, mm-hmm. to a greater or lesser degree, because they they point to particular uh, natural uh, instincts we have to to feel replete to feel fulfilled to feel yeah, comfortable what's wrong with that? nothing wrong with that to feel safe and secure nothing wrong with that very good yeah. but these um, if these are not internalised you know, if they're all dependent upon external circumstances then something internal isn't getting addressed so the, the hunger and the needs are really deeply internalized. You could always say every one of us, I'm sure, would prefer to feel comfortable and full rather than uncomfortable and barren. Uh, uh, the uh, understanding arises that, yeah, that's that's definitely a true enough uh, guide, but it doesn't happen the external world it doesn't happen through sense contact it doesn't actually do it because that's always something outside of our centre it's what we can see and hear and think about but it doesn't actually reach into this centre of our being it briefly flutters through with a sense of pleasure and then it's gone doesn't mean we can't see things feel pleasure uh, see if things we feel pleased by taste things we feel pleased by but the problem is that um, that that sense of the fleetiness of what makes us if we're still looking for that externally want another one another one or a better one what's wrong with that well there's a limit. Yeah to how many more we can all have, particularly as there's so many of us. And it eventually comes down to taking, you know, uh, disproportionate, if you pass it all out amongst all the the humans, and of course the animals, who've basically never got a say in the matter at all, (laughs) then we're taking more than uh, our share, let's say proportionally. And still not really feeling comfortable at all because it doesn't do it. So there's nothing particularly wrong with that. That uh, impulse is just the wrong setting for it. <laughs> and similarly with a sense of safety and security. There's only, as you can see, this keeps escalating, doesn't it? They thought we were safe, and then you people learn how to put bombs in suitcases, or you know, letters with anthrax in them. You know How are you going to filter every dang thing under the sun? Uh, cars, people suddenly find they can drive, use a car, and just smash into a bunch of people and wipe out 10, 15, 20 people what do can do is stop every car in the world check it Where's the point which it becomes actually um, you cannot maintain security you know? and then what happens then we get you know has that person got a knife has she got a gun in her purse <laughs> so I'll get well I'll get the gun myself <laughs> which is what you get in the school system isn't it you know so all the kids, all the five-year-olds have got to be their guns. <laughs> That's going to make us safe. Well, uh, it's, you know, you can see the, 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 almost the logic of it in a way. If guns make us safe, then more guns will make us even safer. <laughs> it does not quite work that way, does it? If it hasn't happened yet. And <laughs> it's not going to happen. Yet, the need to feel safe is a real need. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But where is it realised? Where is the fullness? Where is the completeness? Where is the safety realised? This is what I mean, centre, refuge. Mm -hmm. Internal basis. Where we look at these patterns The the wrong message, or the the wrong positioning of that, uh, transfers to much territory, doesn't it? Uh, So it's not just basically what we might call uh, greed for food or lust or something like that. It's just the sense of you know uh, media thoughts. Ideas, something I can put in that will make me feel full, filled up, entertained. Mm. Something happening because without it I feel a bit lost, shaky, empty, twitchy, nervy. Mm. And this can happen on retreats. We come into things like switching off our, our gadgets and pulling down books. Not talking to each other. Why does it have to be so difficult? Because it's a a policy that's saying, "Look, you know, I know this is difficult. You know, you can all definitely feel disoriented. That's, but realize this this disorientation is actually a kind of a tough medicine, really. You know, can you within that relax that and find your center?" Stop going out to that and find the center. In the center, the easiest access to that is in your body. So, that's why we emphasize the sitting position, standing position, walking position, keeping the sense of the inner core of the body, a midline, an upright axis, a central reference point where you can feel, particularly with the breathing, when you breathe out, you know, you call it breathing out, but actually what happens is your centre begins to firm up, even as the breath energy moves through. It's not your mind doesn't go out to the atmosphere around you. The energy, as it fades and and quietens down, you can feel really centred. Because the centre... Here's where energy discharges and arises from. Discharges into the centre. Maybe it's the wrong word. It discharges into a quiet place that arises from a quiet place. Discharges into a quiet, steady place. It completely discharges and arises from that. So every breath, in a way, is a possibility to return, or to find this center. And as long as you can breathe in and out, then you have that. And if you cultivate that, this center not only becomes very assured, because it's something that you can get to, you know, fairly quickly, within no great time. I'm not going to put a number on that. Because it really depends upon you skill and also how open your body is to, to those, to that energy. But this is definitely a direction to move into, to take the opportunity to move towards because it is the most reliable center you're going to find in your life. And we would not bother to do all this or teach it if it wasn't better than what you're getting anywhere else. There'll be no point and it'll be foolish and deceitful. Mm. It's of course up to you to judge. It's also a safe place where the energy is allowed to discharge and return. Because in that discharge, it's let go, release, and I feel calm. I don't feel rocky. I don't feel uh, groundless, I feel deeply grounded. And then energy arises, breathing arises from that place. I feel strangely fulfilled. Whereas I've done thousands of these breaths before, it never really meant that much to me. But to discharge completely, and to focus on that process, and the fact that it's given, it's a given experience breathing is given to you so that's part of the fulfillment I didn't have to tense up reach out, rush forward, calculate um, you know do something special to get it And so there's the fulfillment in I'm free from the stress and having to grip it and hold on now this you know so it's fulfilling and it is very secure. This is so sometimes so contraintuitive to our way of operating that even though we hear these things, still what happens for people is they tend to grip the breath because they've got to concentrate on it and hold it. We don't believe, fundamentally at a gut level, good things could happen without me doing it (laughs) and I could get my own without me grabbing it and I could have it there without me holding on to it, you know you get it in your head somehow one's energetic system doesn't really get this, it still wants to hold on and have another one and feels we've got to advance somewhere and if it's good it must take a special special bit of trickery or gadgetry or finesse to get to it (laughs) Uh, And yeah, it does, in a way, but it's the finesse of of letting go, of release, of allowing oneself to be disoriented and vulnerable and just keep relaxing into that. It's actually quite simple, but it's psychologically, emotionally, very challenging. We come against the edge of our boundary of self, a boundary of self is generated around what we want to repel and what we want to hold on to in a very fundamental way. What we want to hold on to, our comfort zone, you might say. And that's my boundary of self. Yeah, that's one aspect of it, that's what I want to keep out and not have happen to me. That's the other aspect of the boundary. That's my self-boundary. And, uh, with this encouragement, we're saying that boundary is actually doesn't do you credit. It's not worthy of you. It's not as big and as wide and as spacious, as full as you could be. It gives you some degree of fulfilment, probably, otherwise you wouldn't do it at all. But it is still cramped, nerve-tight, restrictive, prone to injury, prone to loss, prone to getting it wrong. Because it's a constructed and not a truly natural form. The most ironic um, statement is it takes a contrivance to return to nature <laughs> and that's what we're, we're doing we're con- contriving to deconstruct our self-boundaries and yet maintain the you know, overall need for safety for comfort there and these are mostly on a treat provided by the safety of the moral boundaries, you know, the non-intrusion, the respect, the um, careful attention, so that you know I'm not bothering as best I can, you know, obstructing others, the respect of others, and just establishing that, and within this to be able to uh, find one's comfort in dwelling on what's meaningful, what's deeply meaningful. Uh, For you it could be love, it could be freedom, it could be truth, it could be refuge, but it's always something that you have already Um, otherwise you wouldn't be able to word for it. You wouldn't have a feeling for it. Mm -hmm. And this may just be something you wish you had more of, or Mm -hmm. something stirred. to dwell upon it, the skill of careful thinking, is to really name what you really want. To go past the frappuccino and um, whatever what do these things signify? (laughs) you know fulfilment no no stress fulfilled you know where's that then? where's that meaning located for you? It's probably strange enough can it be located when you say those words and you feel yourself go, oh yeah there it is you see it's in your breath (laughs) did you see what happened to your shoulders then? and your belly? There it was, but normally that's been triggered by the, you know, the, the Frappuccino or whatever it was. <laughs> now instead of using a sense object to trigger it, we try to go directly to the felt sense of yeah. that. Yeah, let's, let it come into you, hold the meaning. Hold the meaning. May I be well? May I be free from stress and suffering? Uh, What would it be like to feel completely safe, welcomed, uh, and so forth? And breathe it. And help you. The more that through that process and through practice, the more your breath body can lengthen and deepen and complete those meanings, Become not just ideas but felt realities. Just as our stress and anxiety become felt realities and operate our nervous system and get us jumpy and make us feel tight and defensive. They work. They work perfectly. (laughs) So what about turning the other way? (laughs) The body and the mind are sympathetic. Um, and sometimes you can touch into some of these particular trigger points is there anyone here who doesn't feel that they're the odd one out they're different so they're the person who doesn't sit very well or is a newcomer or is a bit older, or hard of hearing, or can't stand very well, or legs aren't so strong, or whatever, you know, physical appearance. So, on. you know, everybody's the odd one out. But because there isn't anybody in... (laughs) But if there's welcoming comes that sense of you know being different, new, strange, the one who can't quite make it, the one who's deeply neurotic, the one who's a control freak or greedy or craving or whatever it is, the one who's different from the others, that's what you can know. Yeah you know, that's what you can sense. You don't want to sense it, but you can sense that. That little piece that's a boundary. Right? That's a boundary that separates you. Separation is painful, subject to fear, subject to attention. Okay. Everybody experiences it from time to time, sometimes for a long time. Yeah. And as it becomes something that becomes familiar, it becomes yourself. And so you start to form in that. So you're always ready. You're always prepared to feel there's something wrong with me. I'm not as what I should because I am done. You know? And for sure, at some time in your life, somebody's definitely told you that. <laughs> it's not a complete fantasy. People have <laughs> Ways of telling you something deeply wrong with you, it's your fault and you should be another way. We do it to each other and we're good at that. You know, that's the way society works in terms of getting everybody into a nice enslaved state. <laughs> where they'll be quiet and passive and accept authority <laughs> and so on. So, and then of course, you know, people do it to their siblings, their children, their partners and so forth. So there's a continual correcting process. So we all get that that experience, and if it happens uh, deeply, painfully, incisively, or repeatedly, you start to, you start to orient around it. That's the way the system is. Whatever whatever is most significant, uh, most painful, or most pleasant, or most familiar most usual, you orient around that and you internalize it. That becomes yourself. The piece of territory that you most normally occupy becomes your place, becomes yourself. So this is how we get formed into these boundary forms. And the boundary can be one of uh, fear, anxiety, worry. Mm. Mm. And in- inadequacy. Not got enough. Not got enough. Have to work a bit harder to get enough. Have to reach out and get something in here. Not enough in here and uh, not welcome. Not some- something wrong with me. You just notice in a day how those little triggers happen when you don't know what to do exactly. How much fluster goes on with that? How much fluster to make sure you get it right and don't get it wrong? Am I doing the right thing? This is a monk. Is that right or wrong? This is a new place. Is this right or wrong? Am I arriving at? Am I saying the right thing or the wrong thing? Right or wrong? Cancel the word right and wrong, and just sense: Is there fear? Is there greed? Is there aversion? That's what you want to know. It's not these triggers are completely—they're very relevant, but they're often using an incorrect, inaccurate language. When you use the word right, it's a very, very fuzzy term. We use it a lot, right and wrong, but what actually does it mean? (laughs) What? It means, I will not be blamed. It means... I'll be fulfilled, I'll be relaxed. If that's what it means, that's fine, but get real, you know, really investigate. I'm getting it wrong, I'm getting it wrong. What does this mean? Punishment, recrimination, scorn is about to be heaped upon me. (laughs) Exclusion, embarrassment is about to be heaped upon me. That's definitely frightening me, absolutely. Pause, check it out. Pick it out. This is a time to just stretch those boundaries a little. Take a risk. doesn't mean you've got to do anything really wacky or wild. <laughs> it's just noticing when these triggers start happening. What am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? Am I walking the right way? Am I walking... What's happening? Mind is affected by... Worry. Okay, let's just focus on that experience. What's what? Because if I don't do it right, I won't get the right results. Let's take the word right out of it. Look at it again. What is it actually saying? Don't do it right. It's saying doing, walking with attention. Awareness. Okay. That's something you could do. Getting it right isn't something you could do, because right is a completely meaningless word, in many respects. What it means is blame, loss, unfulfilled, stupid. That's what it means. So, if we get down to that, what is actually the right way to walk is to walk touching into the sense of uncertainty, Worry, controlling and relaxing the boundaries. May I be well? May I be well? Within this. Pausing, softening. There's a center in all this. And the tendency, the unclear or misguided tendency is when we feel we're not getting enough getting it wrong we go out to what's he say in the book what's she doing what's the sound the card I trying to remember what it's supposed to be what do other people think you know we go out to where and you come in. Here's the, here's the disorientation experience, familiar experience of disorientation. Don't resist it. Don't, you know, you can stop yourself panicking at disorientation or going to a fluster or find within that breathing out. Steady. Just breathing out deeply. Lengthen it, lengthen it, lengthen it. Mm-hmm. So, coming into your body from the soles of your feet to the crown of your head standing whole body as you're moving the poetry the dance of the body as it moves its flow just return into that all these are modes to return to something much more central which is going to give you um, what you need and it's yours is natural. Stretching the boundaries, meeting the boundaries. These are not necessarily that clear what they are. That's another problem of this uh, ignorance or delusion, we don't really even see the walls. Because we make sure we stay away from them. And sense that boundary coming up, we run or avoid it. Mm-hmm. Sharing a situation with other people. As we all know other people can be a source of great joy and friendship and wonderful, you know, wonderful things. And also, can be a source of great uh, fear and um, judgment by others, exclusion by others, you know, which we all receive at some time or another in our lives, chronically or uh, occasionally. And if will experience that, as you know, it's extremely painful. And so the, the fear of that pain means we will do many, many things to, to make sure that we're not somehow excluded. So we will adopt customs and ways and means that we don't really deeply feel good about because at least we'll be accepted. Because the pain of being excluded, and feeling excluded, is just too difficult. So this way we find ourselves often oriented beyond what's really uh, authentic for our growth and fruition. Notice that sense of uh, uh, this is why sometimes people find it easier to be on their own. No, because loneliness is not a feature of being in solitude. It's a feature of being with people who you don't feel comfortable with. You don't feel accepted with. You feel odd, alien, other. That's the difficult piece. No. Trees. All accept everybody, you're fine with those. You know. Dogs are pretty good if you make the right noises. It's pretty easy to figure out. You know. So often we find the world of nature a little more relaxing. The presence of other people, we might, they're not judging me now, but they might be. And if I do something like this they certainly will be. That, that kind of apprehension. Mm-hmm. So we can develop our shells and sort of like, well, that's your problem, Shove it off, on who I am. <laughs> there isn't really a solution. Mm-hmm. It's a sense to recognize that the potential in experiencing that disorienting, slightly precarious quality that is being generated by you. You're not deciding to do it, it's a reflex. It's become established. That sense of on guard. And you know, something in me to regenerate you that, And at times, that could indeed be relevant. But not all the time. (laughs) That's when it becomes a pathology. In other words, something that is a useful reflex, definitely there's people you want to shove off, you know, get out of my space. Uh, But to have that all the time is because that has become an orientation so the difference between experiencing hurt and getting deeply damaged is hurt when you can open to it i don't like it but whether i like it or not it happens so the sense of her feeling that and relaxing. And just let self feel what's felt. Sad, disappointed, and agitated. Just let that process move through. Hmm. Damage is when you feel her and you close around that. Then in a way you lock her in and you start to develop hard shells. And then you're damaged. You're being deformed by that. It's not possible in this life to go through this life without getting offended, abused, insulted and rejected. <laughs> yeah. We're not in a dream world. And it's not something that I think is good or can I certainly do not wish to, to, to participate in any of that, but it happens, and it has happened. Now, is it possible even as one sits the med- meditation come into these territories and maybe some of this stuff starts arising? And instead of defending in you know, that contracting, shut it down, shouldn't feel this way, allow it to be felt. Shouldn't feel scared. Well, as soon as you start to orient around, shouldn't feel what I'm feeling. That's called damaging. You cannot not feel what you're feeling, can you? Because that's the way it is. You don't have to act upon it. But to not feel it is impossible. What it means is, myself... My well, self-package does not wish to experience this, this feeling. Well, <laughs> what's going to change? Is the feeling going to change? Or is the self-package going to change? What's the possibilities? Mm. <laughs> now, it is possible for that self-package to change. This is possible. It is not possible for painful feeling to become pleasant feeling. This is not possible. But it is possible for painful feeling to arise and pass. That is possible. In other words, and what do you experience a feeling? What do you experience? The surge, right? The surge, the intense rush of energy. Feeling is a trigger for powerful energy to move. Isn't that what it is? Contemplating, experiencing. So, why this skill of learning to allow discharge, painful feeling to be felt, intense, sharp, miserable, unworthy, unsuitable, shouldn't happen to me, and so on. Discharge. And every time that occurs, you're a really little stronger. Not because you've got a hard shell, because you've got a powerful drainage channel. That's, that's the possibility. That is doable. There is no shell thick enough, hard enough, to prevent you feeling pain. There is no. Particularly when a lot of your pain is being generated, Within that shell, and within the from the experience of having that shell, it cannot be. Mm-hmm. This is why, you know the uh, image of our Dhamma practice is the vulnerable one, the you know, homeless uh, person with no weapons, very limited resources, you know, the open road, the root of a tree. Not protected, no guarantees for comfort, food, and that's you know. Can you say it's a monk. No, it's an image. You know, sometimes monks live very comfortably. <laughs> some of mine <have I> <laughs> So it's an image. It doesn't mean it's re- re- you know something that's restricted to a formal consecration by some, in some ceremony. The heart of this is something to dwell in, not to feel you're excluded from it because you're. Yeah, 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 you know. You have to take that internally. Because it's a powerful image and a precious image. And it's, it's an image that is contradicting the normal flow of the social movement. It's saying, you want to be safe? Get more vulnerable. You want to be full? Have less. you going, huh? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> How's that? How's <laughs> that? Because in that process, you know, you begun to move the self boundaries and instead find this centre. Now of course what I'm saying doesn't mean that you can experience that without cultivation. Just running out and sitting outside, in the open air, isn't going to do it. We have to cultivate this internal place. This is what we're cultivating in different ways. And so, as I said, and I'll say it again, the body and the mind are in sympathy. So, what we can't do with our mind, because it's so, uh, well, I don't exaggerate, but the conditioning processes, the constructions that have occurred, what I call the deep the tox toxins in the heart have caused it to be shrunken and uh, habituated in certain ways. But its body can reform. And so we're starting to practice that, beginning with things like you know where we hold our body, opening the internal body, the chambers of the body, breathing and just taking a little longer to breathe out. And a longer breathing in. And if you can lengthen the pauses without too much strain, not just from gritting your teeth, but from deeply relaxing that wish to pull in, relax that. And as mentioned, the very physicality of the body, you know? around the rim of the abdomen below to either side just extending your awareness beyond down your legs up your chest so it's a spherical imagine the breath belly's like a globe extending in all directions can you get to the edge of that and just as if that can be looser so the quality of the breathing not in the air but the quality of the energy can even Feel it moving, you know, down your legs, into your back, up into your chest. Without pushing it, just by softening the edges, softening our expectation, our assumption. Well, that's the end of that. Next one. End of that. Next one. End of that. Next one. <laughs> okay, it, you've got to take with a lot of these. Be mindful of it. Next one. You know, yeah, next one. Okay, got that one now. Try and look at another one. Didn't get that right. Do again. Next one, next one, next one, next one, you know. What if there's no next one? Mm-hmm. So experiences like like that from the below and above, so the boundary of your breathing can be a diaphragm. It just stays there. And come above that, imagine your chest widening, opening your back, relaxing your shoulders. You can't relax a tense area by going directly to the tense or restricted place. But you may begin to locate areas in your body that are on guard. You can't push past them. But you can go to the other side and invite. This is not military policy. Diplomacy. They're not demand. What would it be like? And so these, my own explorations and the way I understand it, we have a boundary at the diaphragm, we have another boundary at the collar, another boundary under the chin and jaw. These are areas which easily seize, seize up. and are associated with our stop-go, hurry-up, in high-impact living. They're kind of restriction places that get activated. Pulling in. So these areas to explore, investigate. And the quality of intention, is not push past, but warm up. So we don't try and push past the boundary, we just warm our heart around it, and warm up around it. Be more loving around it, not ask it to go away. Everyone has these. Internally and externally. Find your boundaries. Warm up around it. Don't be embarrassed by it. Mm. And that loving acceptance our limitation mm. is key intention that allows things to soften. You cannot push past them. You can't trick them. You can't convince yourself not to have them. It's not a rational process or a process of will. Mm. wise sense of goodwill, loving kindness is getting its r- real deep training at this intimate place. Sometimes you find yourself really getting very stuck, or you just don't know, agitated, tensed up, whatever. And then you can even the sort of last measure, if you like, is just to breathe all around and stop breathing altogether. Truly, that will shift your attention. <laughs> <laughs> it's deliberately restraining the in breath definitely you'll find some new focus arising restrain mm-hmm. you your in-breath count five six seven eight nine and then just let go a little bit at a time and you feel everything start to shake and uncomfortable but it helps to reset when you've gone into a kind of gridlock of some kind and you can use the breathing like this use the out breath this pause strain feel that disturbance uh, disorientation and stay with it it's not going to kill you and then let go a little bit at a time feeling uncomfortable but the shaking and the discomfort will dislodge the blocked place and this is little things you can practice with, I've tried all these myself I wouldn't tell you if I hadn't done them myself and frankly if I hadn't needed to do them myself (laughs) you know, we have different ways in which we find ourselves stuck you know, trapped lost, alone, oppressed however it is and this is familiar territory so this is just some field notes Um, focus on so if you're doing that with your breath so focus on the mood they don't reject the mood being lost, feeling confused, that's fine and just let the disorient the breath move through that don't move out of the territory just breathe through it this is the way you begin to iron out these creases these, or loosen up these blocks, not by shifting away from them, but breathing through them as best you can So let's take some time to practice, direct practice.